You're listening to For the Record with Tess Hurd. I'm Tess Hurd, and this is For the Record. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of For the Record with Tess Hurd. I'm Tess Hurd, and this is For the Record. So, this is part two of the Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee Blanchard case. So, if you missed last week's episode, um, here's kind of a quick recap Gypsy was being poisoned by her mother, Dee Dee. Dee Dee had convinced doctor after doctor after doctor that Gypsy had a plethora of medical conditions ranging from leukemia to muscular dystrophy to epilepsy, asthma, bowel de- that's a really hard word for me, bowel degeneration and paralysis. Dee Dee was also able to really make this happen by claiming that Gypsy's medical records were lost in Hurricane Katrina. Now, I don't know exactly how medical records were kept back then, but I know that now they're pretty much all digital. So I don't know if maybe this was before they started digitalizing medical records, but I would think that there would be some sort of something that these other doctors could have pulled from other hospitals if they were really, you know, concerned about it. If the doctors did start to question what Dee Dee was telling them, she would immediately, like, throw a fit, take Gypsy, and find somebody else who would listen to her. And a few of the doctors did ask questions, and they were concerned for Gypsy. They said that Dee Dee wasn't a good historian, that Gypsy's symptoms and everything just didn't add up to what was being presented to them, and it was, it was just a mess. Dee Dee was also lying to Gypsy about her own age, and that just kind of really blows my mind. Like, how can you lie to your child about their own age? I tried to convince my mother to tell me that I was older than what I was because I've always felt like I was older than what I am. So Gypsy didn't even know how old she truly was. She thought that she was, you know, this poor 15, 16 year old girl when in actuality at this point in time, Gypsy was like 18, 19, 20, and Gypsy didn't even know about it. Like I said in last week's episode, I don't know how Gypsy found it, but she did find a copy of her original birth certificate and some sort of insurance card that correlated 
what her birthday actually was, what her birth year actually was. And so when Gypsy asked Dee Dee about this, Dee Dee told her that it was a misprint for whenever they got new copies after Hurricane Katrina. That's just, I don't even know what to say about that. Furthermore, on Gypsy's 18th birthday, her dad called her to wish her a happy birthday and Dee Dee told him not to say anything to Gypsy about being 18. She told him that Gypsy really only had the mentality of a 15, 16 year old, so she wouldn't understand that she was actually 18. Dee Dee was passing Gypsy off as a child when she was actually a legal adult. And we also talked about how when Gypsy finally found out her real age, she ran away. And within hours of being gone, she was in a whole other state, mind you. Within hours, Dee Dee was banging on the door of the house that she was at. It was just... It did. Gypsy was being tortured in so many ways. You know, not just the medical aspect of it, but she was being lied to. She was being manipulated. She was being told that, you know, she was this little girl whenever she was actually an adult. And whenever Gypsy started to have those feelings of an adult, of wanting to be in a relationship, of wanting to to have friends, of wanting to be out on her own and really just be independent, Dee Dee would just shut her down and drug her up. Just, if you really think about how Gypsy was treated and how like what she had to put up with it's not right i'll get to that i'll get to that i'm getting ahead of myself here okay in the documentary um mommy dead and dearest gypsy said that Didi would whenever they were out in public Didi would hold on to her hand or always have a hand on her and if gypsy said something that wasn't on par with their story then Didi would squeeze her hand or squeeze her shoulder her elbow or whatever and then she would proceed to punish her either with beating her with a clothes hanger or restraining her to the bed or something of that effect whenever they did get home. So last week we also introduced the third person involved in this story and that is Nicholas Godajon. We didn't get very far into his part of the story because I wanted this to kind of be separate from just Gypsy and Dee Dee. I feel like there needed to be a good background of just Gypsy's story before Nick really fully came into the picture. Nick was kind of a loner. He would typically keep to himself and spend a lot of his time in his bedroom playing video games and surfing the internet. And now I'm not judging anyone for that. Like, if you play video games, good for you. If you spend all your free time on the internet, do you, boo. I, it's fine. Like, it's fine. But Nick was not a good kind of loner. 
Like, you have those loners who are introverts. You know, I'm an introvert. I don't like to be around people. I like to be by myself. I like to be secluded. Okay. But then you have the loners who are, like, not right. Does that, does that make sense? He was somewhere around 23 years old whenever he and Gypsy first met on an online dating website. Nick didn't have a job and he didn't go outside of the home much. And like I said, he was a loner. And even according to his mother, Nick was a weird kid. Like, not in a bad way, but just kind of weird. So that's probably why he was surfing the internet on dating websites instead of trying to find an actual girlfriend. Another thing about Nick is that he had autism and in the Mommy Dead and Dearest documentary you can see the footage of where Nick's mom is talking to police officers and everything and Nick's mom said that you know Nick was autistic and he had Asperger's. Now, I have heard and I have read that Asperger's is no longer a term used. I don't know what is and what isn't when it comes to autism. So don't say that to offend anyone. This is just what Nick's mother said in this interview. So please don't take offense to that. According to Nick and his mother, he was on the spectrum and according to Nick, he had multiple personalities. And last week we talked about how Nick said that he was actually a 500-year-old vampire named Victor. So, kind of bringing back those multiple personalities there. He had not been officially diagnosed with multiple personality disorder or anything of the such. He had just been diagnosed with the autism, being on the autism spectrum. I'm sorry for the noise, that's my dog. He's trying to get up on the couch. Uh, when officers asked Nick if he had been diagnosed with multiple personality syndrome, he said no, but he should have been because he used to hear voices in his head. And then they went on to talk about how all of Nick's alter egos and how they played into a part of this case. Nick also had a bit of a record. And I don't quite understand the story and I couldn't really find much on it, but Nick was reportedly arrested for allegedly watching pornography and fondling himself in a McDonald's for nine hours. Now, I have several questions about this. Was he in the McDonald's for nine hours and was doing this the whole time? Or had he been in there for eight hours and 59 minutes and then before he decided he was gonna leave, he was like, oh, you know, this might be a good idea. Like, yeah, I don't know and I don't want to know but I find myself asking the questions anyways, and my, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. So Nick wasn't an angel by any means. Uh, he was also into some kind of weird stuff, such as BDSM and other erotic 
sexual fantasies in which he unfortunately introduced Gypsy to. Gypsy had never had a boyfriend before, nor did she have any kind of example in her life of what a healthy relationship was supposed to look like other than the Disney movie she'd watched growing up. Now, I know everybody dreams about being a pretty princess and marrying the prince and all that jazz, but it's not quite realistic in the terms of an actual relationship. And that's something that I had to learn the hard way. Gypsy's mom, Dee Dee, had told her that her dad, Rod, was a deadbeat drug addict to abandon them when Gypsy was a baby. And in an interview with Rod, he denied that, stating that he never walked away from Gypsy, that he wanted to be a part of her life, and anytime he tried to be a part of her life, Dee Dee would pull away and take her elsewhere. While he did say he divorced Dee Dee because he wasn't in love with her, he always loved his little girl, and he regrets not trying harder to be there for her and be a part of her life. So whenever anyone, family, friends, neighbors, doctors, anyone questions anything about Gypsy and her health, Dee Dee would just pick up and run. It wasn't until they landed in Springfield that they finally decided to stay put and just convince the world that Gypsy was really as sick as she was. Rod also said that he never once missed a child support payment, which was close to $2,000 a month. But yeah, he was a deadbeat drug addict who abandoned his daughter. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong. I get that there are crappy dads out there. Trust me. I know. But if you're a man who is being kept away from your child by their mother, especially if that child is sick and you're still paying child support, you're not a deadbeat dad. Sometimes dads get the raw end of the stick and it really truly is not fair. I am a dadvocate to say the least. So to get back on track here, Gypsy didn't know what a healthy relationship looked like. She didn't understand that being in love and having butterflies weren't the same thing. Yeah, this was her first boyfriend, but this had to be the worst person she could have wound up with as her first. And when their plan A of meeting at the movie theater didn't work out, they resorted to plan B. A plan that would end up in a bloodbath. Nick had told Gypsy that he would protect her from anyone, and after being told she was going to have to have another surgery that Gypsy didn't want, didn't need and was still going to be forced to have it, Gypsy asked if Nick would kill her mother. Nick said he couldn't do it, but if Gypsy asked his alter ego, Victor, that 500-year-old vampire who was evil, Victor would do it for her. So Gypsy asked Victor to kill her mother. That way she could finally be free from her mother's abuse. They then began to set their whole plan in motion. Nick would take the bus to Springfield, and Gypsy would have a knife, gloves, and duct tape waiting outside the front door for him. Gypsy would unlock the door and then go hide in the bathroom so she wouldn't hear anything. 
Nick sent a text to her when he got to her house, put on the gloves, picked up the knife and the tape, and made his way into what was supposed to be the Blanchard's fairy tale home, their happy ending. Dee Dee would soon find that her ending was far from a happy one. Nick went into the house, knife in hand, and made his way to where Dee Dee was sleeping. She woke up to the sound of footsteps, thinking Gypsy was out of her wheelchair again, but quickly realized it was not Gypsy in her room. Gypsy was in the bathroom in the fetal position with her hands over her ears, but she could still hear her mother's screams. Nick stabbed Dee Dee a total of 17 times, killing her and sadistically freeing Gypsy. After Nick had stabbed Dee Dee, he made Gypsy strip down naked, shave her entire body, and clean the drops of blood in the hallway that had came from a cut in his, on his own hand. After Gypsy had done what Nick had told her, he proceeded to have sex with her in the next room, right across the hall from Dee Dee's dead body. Gypsy had said that in their initial plan, Nick wanted to kill and rape Dee Dee, but Gypsy wasn't going to let that happen. So initially, Gypsy agreed that if he killed Dee Dee, then he could rape her. Nick agreed to that, and according to Gypsy, Nick began to get more violent with her than what she was expecting. I don't think that she was thinking that he would actually, actually attack her. Gypsy told him to stop whenever he started to get violent, and he didn't. And so... Even though Gypsy had said that he could do this, the fact is that whenever she said stop, he didn't. And this consensual rape turned into actual rape. So Nick began packing clothes for Gypsy afterwards. He wanted her to wear what he picked out for her and she didn't object. I think that she was so used to being told what to do, what to wear, how to look, how to act, that she just kind of went with it. She didn't fight it. She didn't think, you know, no, like, I want to choose what I wear. I, I think that it was just kind of, it was a sucky situation for her all the way around. So they snuck away from the house and went to the hotel where Nick had gotten a room after arriving in Springfield. There are some questionable videos that Gypsy took in the hotel room. In one particular is one of her filming Nick who was eating a brownie. She's laughing and giggling uncontrollably saying, you're eating a brownie now, but soon you'll be eating me. When asked about this video, Gypsy said that she was on a high dose of Xanax at the time and really didn't know what, real, what was real and what wasn't real. And by the look of Gypsy in that video, I absolutely can believe that she was not of sound mind. Even if she hadn't taken any pills, she couldn't have possibly have been of sound mind after what had happened. 
So the next morning, Gypsy and Nick went to the bus station and bought two tickets back to Big Bend, Wisconsin, where he lived with his mother and stepfather. Nick had told his mom that Gypsy's mom had kicked her out and she was living in a woman's shelter and asked if he could come live with them. Nick's mom agreed and that's where she thought her son was going but he was actually there to kill Dee Dee. When Nick and Gypsy arrived in Big Bend, Nick's mom picked them up from the bus station and they seemed to have a pleasant conversation on the way back to the house. When they got home, Nick's stepfather did say that he was kind of weirded out by Gypsy because she was wearing a wig, which I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. Have you never seen anyone wear a wig before? After being at Nick's home for a while, Gypsy started thinking that someone should let someone know that her mother was dead. She didn't want Dee Dee left in the house to rot, so they did the only logical thing they could do. Post it on Facebook, of course! Dee Dee and Gypsy shared a joint account where they would post updates on Gypsy's health and also where they were able to suck sympathy for money out of people. So to Gypsy, this was the perfect place for them to make it known that Dee Dee was dead and Gypsy was gone. I try to keep my vocabulary pretty clean. So these are going to be PG-13 rated quotes rather than the R-rated words that were posted. But they said in the posts that B is dead. And another that said, I effing slashed that fat pig and raped her innocent daughter. Her screams were so effing loud. Friends and neighbors immediately took notice of the post and were worried sick. They were commenting on the post, asking if everything was all right, what was going on, saying that, you know, they think that they'd gotten hacked. And some of the neighbors even went over to the house and knocked on the door. When no one answered the door, they called the police to do a welfare check on the family. When police arrived at the Springfield home, no one could have expected what they found. The body of Dee Dee Blanchard was strewn over the, her bed, covered in stab wounds. Gypsy's wheelchair was left sitting in the bathroom, but there was no sign of Gypsy. The neighbors told police that Gypsy was chronically ill and was paralyzed. She needed medical assistance and didn't just get up from her wheelchair and walk out of the house on her own corn. Oh, but little did they know. Because Nick and Gypsy posted the Facebook statuses from a home computer with Wi-Fi, authorities were quickly able to track down the IP address and find out where the post had come from. It would take only four days from the murder to the arrest of Gypsy and Nick. When police arrived at the Go to John home, they were shocked by what they found. Gypsy, who they believed to be in danger, sick and unable to walk, walked out of the house with Nick, had the entire nation in disbelief. As news broke across the country, people began to think that Gypsy was in on it all along that she was also partaking in faking her illnesses for the financial benefit her and Dee Dee were getting. In an interview with Dr. Phil, Gypsy said that she didn't know she was being used as a cash cow and would have never agreed to fake an illness in order to receive money or sympathy of any kind from anyone. 
When the two were first brought in to be questioned by the police, Gypsy tried to say that she didn't know her mother was dead and didn't have anything to do with it. That didn't last very long, though, and she did admit that she knew her mother had been killed, and while she didn't do anything to her mother in terms of the murder, she was a partner in planning it. Nick was very open and honest about what he had done, but he said that he would have never have killed anyone if Gypsy hadn't have asked him to, or asked Victor, I should say, since it was Victor who killed Dee Dee. Initially, both Gypsy and Nick were being charged with first-degree murder, and they both were facing the possibility of life in prison or even the death penalty. But as time went on and Gypsy's legal team began to hear the truth about what happened with her, they worked tirelessly to try and get her some sort of plea deal. While not everyone believed that Gypsy was as innocent as she said, some people, like myself, have vowed to take her side and refuse to believe that she could have done any of this if it hadn't have been for Dee Dee's abuse. Rod and his wife have stood by Gypsy's side since the moment they got the call from her that she had been arrested. Rod said that he knew Dee Dee had told him she was sick, but he had no idea that she had taken it this far. He also said that he knew Gypsy wasn't as sick as Dee Dee had made her out to be, and if he had known anything, he would have gone and gotten her and brought her to live with him. In the end, Gypsy was able to get a plea deal. Pleading guilty to second-degree murder and only receiving 10 years in prison. Unlike most people who go to prison, though, Gypsy began to thrive. She was able to start gaining weight, her hair began to grow, and she was finally able to have her feeding tube removed. She was taken off her medications. She was being treated to heal her body. She was able to get in a routine that didn't revolve around medicine and lies and manipulation. Gypsy is set to be released from prison in 2024. As for Nick, he was also charged with first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, plus 25 years. He and Gypsy did not continue their relationship after being arrested. I want to talk a little bit about my thoughts and feelings on Gypsy's time in prison. I don't think that Gypsy should have gone to prison at all. They offered her a plea deal so that she wouldn't have to face trial. She didn't want to have to face trial. So the plea deal was to avoid trial, pretty much. But even still, Gypsy was already in a prison in her mother's home. She was a ward of abuse and manipulation. She had been made to be ill by all of these different medications. She had been forced to have surgery after surgery after surgery. She lost her teeth, for goodness sakes, because of the side effect of a medication that Dee Dee had given her that she didn't even need. I do not believe for an instant that in Gypsy's mind, that there was another way out. I feel like she did 
the only thing that she thought she could do. And if she had any kind of, of ray of hope coming from anywhere else, she would have taken that instead of coming up with this plan. It may have been Gypsy's plan. Okay, if that's the case, okay. Like, she can take accountability for that. I will give her, I will give her that. She probably did come up with the plan, but she came up with the plan because she didn't have another way to get out. The doctors hadn't helped her. The social workers that came to her house hadn't helped her. Her dad hadn't helped her. If she tried to say anything to friends or neighbors or anything, she would get beaten or strapped down to her bed or overly medicated. And it just, it infuriates me that she got any prison time at all. I don't think that she should have just been walking scot-free on the street. This girl needed help. She needed help. She needed to be in a place where she could heal physically, mentally, and emotionally. She should have been put in some sort of hospital setting, some sort of rehab setting, some sort of something that could have diligently worked with her, worked through everything she had been through, worked through why she had killed, what, why she had come up with this plan to kill Dee Dee, why she let this random stranger on the internet come and do the job, why the, the work through the emotions of that work through the scars of that work through the wounds of that because that's something that you're not just gonna get over and i'm sure that she's gotten counseling in prison i'm sure that she has i know that she has done so well in prison and that she has gotten so much help and that she has been able to really turn her life around and I'm not worried for the sake of her hurting other people whenever she gets out. I'm worried that she's not going to have the resources that she needs when she does get out. I'm worried that whenever she gets out, she's going to be like a deer in the headlights and not know. Because she literally went from Dee Dee's prison to federal prison or whatever it is and then she's just gonna be released into the real world like she has a good support system her dad and her stepmom and her grandparents are like we got you girl like we got you but still she needs more than prison she needs the structure of something other than a prison as for Nick, I feel like Nick knew what he was doing. He knew what was being asked of him. And he very easily could have said no. Like, that's crossing a line. We'll find another way to get you out. I don't think that his autism should be used as an excuse for him to get off of anything and I don't think that it was but just like with 
Letitia Stout and how she was trying to claim that she had, you know, DID. Just because you have something doesn't automatically mean that it's going to cause you to do something so horrific. I have anxiety and depression. That doesn't mean that I'm going to go hurt anyone or kill anyone just because I have anxiety and depression. And I don't believe that somebody with multiple personality disorder, you know, autism or even bipolar, like just because you have something like that doesn't mean that you're a killer. It it doesn't mean that. And I don't know. I think I kind of think that Nick got what he deserved and I I don't think that he I mean he obviously didn't make the right choices because a person is dead and he's in prison. So I really don't believe that he 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 didn't make the right choices and he could have like he could have gone to his parents. He could have gone to his mom and said, "Mom, my girlfriend, she's her mom is abusing her. She doesn't know how to get out of this. Please help us. Help her." But he didn't do that. Maybe Gypsy told him not to. Maybe maybe she didn't want him to tell anyone. Maybe she just thought that she couldn't trust anyone. And I understand that because I wouldn't trust anyone either. I don't think that I could make myself believe that there were good people out there when I'd been failed by so many. So when it comes to Gypsy, I, I think that it's horrible that she's had to spend any time in prison. I think that Nick deserves to be where he is and I don't know I think that that it's just it's a tragic tragic case and it's a story that is is it's awful just simply because of how badly Gypsy was failed and it's not fair that she had to go through what she went through and is now having to pay the repercussions for what she did to I think survive but that's just me I know that there are a lot of other people who have a lot of other feelings and opinions and that's fine this is just my opinion on it that's gonna be the case of Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee Blanchard and Nicholas Godejohn thank you guys so much for listening thank you for uh subscribing and downloading and following us on Facebook and everything else. If you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. If you aren't following us on any of the platforms, we are on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcast. So yeah, go ahead and give a five-star review if you're listening. You know that really helps your girl out, and I guess I will see you guys next week. Stay safe.